Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to talk about yet another episode of The Book of Boba! Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Three on the way. Deuce is wild, <clears throat> baby. <laughs> um, yeah, what'd you think of this one? I really liked it. Yeah, I'm, the show continues to deliver on high-quality production, and mm-hmm. the performances are fantastic, and the attention to detail is fantastic, and uh, yeah, overall, I'm I'm really quite enjoying it. And what this show does that, you know, some other Star Wars shows might not do is is it takes the time to sit with some of these characters and these scenes. This this is pretty quiet for a Star Wars show. I know you watch yeah. an episode of The Clone Wars and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, you, I, you can't binge that show. You'll need an aspirin. <laughs> but I mean, this is so quiet and and patient with the characters and with the the Tuscan Raiders, no less. So the tone, um, yeah, right. That's a good point. The t- but the tone just really um, exemplifies what the show is kind of about. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a shoot 'em up. It's kind. Hey, I mean, we compared it to a western earlier, and look, we even have a highway train robbery in this episode. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's very slow. It's very character driven. It's very quiet, like you said, and it doesn't because a lot of the time, sound and nonsense and cacophony just comes from unnecessary dialogue, and the show does not have any. There are whole scenes where Boba's the only one talking for maybe five minutes. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, and even when he's not talking, he's doing this really clunky sign language of yeah. like, "This is mine. This is my car. We hit right. the train." <laughs> you guys can't see at home, but I'm doing very he's minimal doing hand movement. Yeah, but I really like that. It's no the exposition is done through what you see and it's not like that whole we'll get to this at the end but like they're like oh you're a part of our tribe no you don't need some like we get it we watched it we get it it doesn't have to be explained to us it's it's simple it's quiet it's you know classic i think this is going to be a classic yeah what what star wars has always done well is like the art of storytelling and storytelling is more than just two characters talking at each other the whole time and being able to like give time to the characters means more than just having them do stuff all the time or just be super powerful and kill the bad guy it's them like having dinner sitting by the campfire learning talking like joking stuff like that and yes and we do get a lot more of that in this episode (laughs) so yeah overall really great characterization that um i guess we can get into more specifically as we go through the episode yeah, sounds good to me. You want to let's start at the top. All right, so we open on this wonderful uh, exterior shot of Jabba's palace. Um, it's you know the show continues to look absolutely gorgeous, by the way, in the sands of Tatooine, and and so we're dragging out this assassin into the maw of Jabba's palace and again this is some iconic imagery that we're seeing here yeah 
Yeah, this is some really good stuff. One of the first things I noticed was how Jabba's pa- the door to Jabba's palace mm-hmm. is actually appropriately sized. It's kind of funny because <laughs> if you watch the Blu-rays, it's like a 500 foot tall door or something because of George Lucas's changes, but it doesn't even make sense. Cause then you go right into the room and this, everything looks perfect. So, yeah. Everything, yeah, everything is to like scale. Yeah. Right. And then of course the familiar throne room door, right. Boba is trying to interrogate this assassin and he's getting nowhere. You know, they threaten to cut his head off. Nothing happens. And then they, um, they drop him in the rancor pit and i was like what is there are we gonna see like a full-grown rancor right now like i was getting kind of excited for that reveal of what like a modern day rancor would look like with 2022 technology you know i'm like show me the rancor and uh no (laughs) but luke killed the rancor so we don't get to see one there could have been another rancor in there you know where are you gonna get another rancor um, I'm pretty sure didn't like the Bad Batch deliver that rancor. They delivered a rancor. I know they didn't deliver it to Jabba. I kind of remember that. I thought the Bad Batch rancor was the rancor. Oh, it was? Be. Huh? Maybe it was. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. That was kind of my. Didn't yeah? I feel like they gave it to Bib Fortuna. Maybe they did. They gave it. I know it was involved with the huts, but it's hard <clears> to say. I think that Rancor was the Rancor, and then Luke killed it. So they were just uh, trying to scare him. Right, right. So the assassin of the Night Wind confesses that it was the mayor, fearing his life in the Rancor pit. But it was all a ruse. But they do get to go to... Um, well, they find out it was the mayor who said Yeah, we get to, to see him. the mayor, which is... Uh, I thought, you know, very interesting. I like this character of the mayor. And, you know, we all remember from the last episode, my prediction was that the mayor was running crime in on this, right. in, in Tatooine and uh, using Bib Fortuna as a uh, puppet, you know, crime boss. And that's becoming less likely, but I'm still not sold that that's not what the case because... The mayor kind of was playing dumb and mischievous and stuff, but he's hard to read because he's this weird, you know, this he's this alien species with a voice that is presented as the performance is very monotone because it's going through a translator. So you can't read into any of his characterization at all. And it's almost yeah, unsettling. I wouldn't say you're way. wrong just yet, you mm-hmm. know. Because right. there's definitely the night wind said the mayor sent him. The mayor says, oh, no, it wasn't me. Check out the sanctuary. So there's still something shady going on. We just don't have uh, it's like you said, it's looking less like that, but it's certainly still possible. It's still possible. How the mayor comes <clears throat> back into the story is yet to be seen. Right. Um, the story evolves from here. But before that, I just wanted to take a little sidebar and point out something that I've been noticing between like Mandalorian and this show that I've actually kind of liked a lot of the like background characters and guards and things like that are pilots very normal looking people like the guards in the (laughs) mayor's palace is an exceptionally normal looking guy which you don't like for some reason it it 
gets my attention, which, you know, I see tons of movies and it never, I never think about the side characters, but I'm like, that's an exceptionally normal looking dude. Yeah. Is it that everyone in Hollywood's a beautiful model, even in the background, and they're all wearing uniforms and you can't really tell who they are? Or is it the performances in this show? It's hard or to tell. I don't, I don't know if you got, general, if you're, you if know? you're getting that vibe necessarily. No, I but. definitely do. Because like, Another reason is like Star Wars. There's always aliens walking around. And your eyes always drawn towards them. Yeah. But when you just have like normal McNormalson, yeah. like it just you're like he stands out more than the Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Weird is weird too. Like there's uh, the casting is interesting, but it kind of works because you know we're in the Outer Rim. We're uh, on Tatooine. Yeah. We're not. You know, this is like not the pretty part of the guy. Yeah, you're getting this the guy the with the long thing. hair and the handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> like a weird beard that like kind of connected with him. <laughs> right That's right a, but even in like the mandalorian we saw pilots <laughs> that were very normal looking and um you know it's, well, it also uh, saves on money too so that's probably a big part of it yeah and we know they draw on fans for casting and stuff like that so and and like fan clubs and stuff like that so it, it's cool to see all of that, that and like you said it is kind of striking against like all these alien, like really special, magical-looking yeah. creatures, fantastical creatures, and then it's like, oh, that guy looks like uh, my neighbor, <laughs> just <laughs> hanging out. That guy looks like me. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you um, don't usually say that in a Star Wars movie, or right? Star Wars show. Right. But speaking of, um, I guess character design or you know casting or something, um, I didn't figure this out. I saw this online. That um, there was an not an animation error, but a uh, a lore error where the male tw- uh, Twi'lek is supposed to have normal ears and not the weird bumps. And I but what about but Bib Fortuna has like a tentacle head. No, the, that tentacle is like the hair. I'm talking about oh. like literal ears. And male Twi'leks have ears. Females oh. have like a little. So you're talking thing, about like, like the mayor's assistant person, like. As no, the... it was in the sanctuary. Oh. The t- remember the they come back in this episode, but they're the ones that filled up um, Boba's and uh, Shan's helmets with gold and stuff. With oh. Credits. Yes, so, yes. That's just a little fun fact. I saw that online. Interesting. Maybe you know. Maybe it's a gender bending uh, Twi'lek. You know. A, a a transgender tweet like you know that'd be very or, um yeah or i think the running theory right now is that they're just going to call it like you know how you know you have a, you know you go with your punnett squares your alleles and phenotype type of things mm-hmm. it's just that yeah you know, some males can have the ears if that's not dominant that's what the running theory is right now I see. Because he see. looked pretty buff. <laughs> <laughs> right. But who knows? I mean, that would be cool if they did that. I wouldn't be. Maybe it was on purpose. But right now, I think most of the internet thinks it was a, a mistake that they're going to retcon in. <laughs> they're going to George Lucas and CGI in some ears. No, they're not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Have a few more creatures right. flying in like the background. <laughs> Yeah, give them like huge ears. <laughs> right, some Dumbo. Ears. Some just stock imaging of ears. Right. right. <laughs> um, but so speaking of the sanctuary, we um, the mayor shoots the guard and then they head out to the sanctuary to kind of find what's up there. We see our, um, I guess, the boss of the 
sanctuary, the the head honcho. Right, is, uh, right. But sweating. but but She's right nervous. before he leaves, you have to. Um, the mayor says like the theme of the episode, where oh. he goes, uh, "Running a family is more complicated <clears throat> than bounty hunting," which is like a theme of this whole series, where Boba right. Fett's kind of transitioning from just like generic bounty hunter that doesn't need characterization to do stuff very simple to now oh i'm taking this leadership position people are counting on me blah 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 so but before we went too far had to make sure we singled that out yeah great point he also uh throws him under the bus a little too he's like oh i heard differently (laughs) when he goes i'm not just a bounty hunter anymore and he's like right 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 and i mean we know later that Boba Fett's kind of already learned this lesson, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so you know, yeah, we're we're leaving. We're heading to the temple now, so you can uh, pick up where you left off, sir. Yeah. So we end up at the sanctuary. We have our boss sweating bullets. She's mm. very uncomfortable. And then uh, we go outside and we see some two new huts coming down in their yes in their little we parade. See, twins. like the honor guard of huts, and uh, yeah, I. I liked the, the the twins. Yeah, I always like a new hut. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong with a good hut. Well, oh, yeah, I'm seeing too. the buff Twi'lek right now and that you're referring to this controversial. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he, he, pretty great shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? So we have our twin huts coming in, claiming territory. They show a little uh, piece of space paper. And Boba's like, nah, you're going to have to kill me if you want this. And right. then, interestingly enough, they kind of back down. They say, bloodshed isn't good for business, and we'll deal with this later. Which implies to me that they have to check in with the rest of the family before they could kill him. Something like that's going on. Right, because there was mention in the last episode about, or <clears throat> was it this episode, where it was the, um, Fennec Shan said the line of like, oh, to kill to kill him would be very complicated. You can't kill him right now. Right. You know, th- those kind of comments. Yeah, no, th- I think that was this episode. Okay. Where, because, you know, we even seen that in the Close- Clone Wars TV show. Like, you're not allowed, even within the family, you're not allowed to kill somebody without checking with, you know, the rest of the family. And it they basically comes down to business. Will this be good business or bad business? If throwing a, another hut under the bus and killing them will be good for business, they will turn on you in a second. But because Boba is, I think, within their hierarchy or their rule set, or you know, I think he is genuinely the head of the house right now. Right. And to kill him would be a problem and they might take on some heat from the rest of the family if he did if they killed him. So that's why I think they back down and we're gonna see maybe some more hut politics going on, which is kind of interesting. It's something we don't really see much. There's like one or two arcs in the Clone Wars about it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, and I agree. Like the huts are super fascinating, but they're kind of underdeveloped in terms of like their cultural structure and their hierarchy and and like how does crime work right. in the Star Wars universe. And so it's kind of interesting to see the twins and the implication of a greater hut verse out there, uh, which <laughs> I would I would love to see. The well, huts I are fascinating. Is, I think it's very like you know, Godfather houses type of thing, you know, the families. Yeah. But they're all on the same side. 
mm-hmm. but they can you know they conflict with each other even though their goal is the same and they're all part of the same family it boils down to individuals and they kind of fight and gain power like that so it could be cool I, you know a, a, yeah a, maybe we could pitch that in one of our other pitching episodes a hut uh, mafia show <laughs> sopranos <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. But it's, right, instead of the, they just go, oh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I've always been fascinated by the huts because physically they're not very imposing, yet they command so much power. And oh yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of that duality is fascinating. It's like how do they hold on to that when they can barely move? How can they, like, Boba Fett's, like, jumping across, he's doing parkour all over the place right. just to be able to ha- command, a, ba- barely command this group that no one's even recognizing. How is it yeah, that... he takes, the, like, two shots at him and he's done. Yeah, like, how, how is it that the huts can survive for so long and, and command so much power, you know? Well, so I think this, that's part of their whole thing is that... They set this up, eaten. I mean, you know, thousands of years ago. That yeah. hey, we need if we're going to survive in the galaxy, we need to be powerful and we need to rule with fear. Right, that something will you know maybe see. Yeah, change. and I mean, they got to be ruthless, and you know, oh, Jabba, yeah, Jabba I mean, was always mm-hmm. fine to feed people to animals and toss them he's in sarlacc pits. Right and, on hand. Yeah, he's got a torture <laughs> bot on deck. Uh, yeah, so you, you gotta chains. Be, he's got a prison. Uh, Rancor pit, Sarlacc pit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But something else that happens in the scene is we're introduced to a new character to oh. film Star Wars, but not necessarily a new character to Star Wars in general. We have a black Wookie, which I'm gonna try and say the name, uh, Curse. Kersatan, Kersantan. Um, they call him Black K, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you done Kersatan? much research? K R R S A N T A N. Pronounce that how you will. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about it in like a Chewbacca cadence. Yeah, so like maybe very there's like something to Kersantan. How you speak Kashyyyk. Yeah, yeah. Ker- maybe Kersatan. Maybe. maybe. But we'll see his name drop. Have you um? Done any research on this character? No, I thought he was new. He is not new. I actually did a little bit of of research on him. Uh, What's interesting about him, he's in the comics, and he actually has a run-in with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they have a little um, uh, skirmish at some point in the comics. I don't want to get too much into the story because it seems like what we're going to get is this character appearing in the Obi-Wan show. There's potential for this now uh, because there was a depiction of a fight on Tatooine between these two characters in the comics. And I don't want to really get into that. Oh, come on. um, I want to know. If it's not Obi-Wan... Well, what's interesting is this. this, if you look at the Wookiee in Book of Boba as he appears, he has... um, a, some like white strands of hair in his head and a pink strands as well. That's a scar that he obtained in the comics. That's the exact same place he obtained a scar fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, wow. so if that's to be believed, then the, fight, then the fight has already happened. Uh, and he's on Tatooine. Yeah. So maybe we'll, maybe Obi-Wan will take, well, it obviously takes place before this because yeah. it takes place. No, that's a great idea for a cro- not crossover, but another link between these 
shows. Yeah, getting the like cinematic universe of the Star Wars yeah. TV world together, and these are some of the characters that could do that. Um, so yeah, he's an imposing Wookiee. I gotta say, yeah, he he's looks a, fantastic. It's an awesome style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks fantastic. Again, all that practical makeup, even like the um, what are they? The Gamorans guards. The Gamoran guards. Uh, the no, green guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Gamoran. even like their make their practical makeup too. It just looks. Like so, Star Wars. I don't know. I'm yeah, it's great. I love the look of everything so far. <laughs> and this is just making it even better, you know. Right, right, right. Agreed. Yeah, oh, so they're Gamorians. G A M O R R. Gamorian guard. Gamorian. Yes, yes, yes. So the the Wookies were like, "We'll deal with this later." Bye. <laughs> Which gets us to. Uh, well, I also was looking for, because old school Boba Fett has a, bra- a braid of Wookiee hair on his armor that mm. was not present. Mm. So I don't know if that's, he. it's, you know, he fell off his armor in the last five years. It's certainly It possible. was eaten by the Sarlacc. Right. Uh, maybe he or the, shed his name? trophies after learning about compassion. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, well, that's, I was thinking about something I like mean, that. I mean, he lost, he was, lost all his armor. Was... He was just in his skivvies in the desert yeah. with the Tuscan Raiders. The guy in Mando, I forgot his name, that had his armor. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, he, Maybe yeah. he took it off, but I think it's definitely Maybe the Jawas took it off. Jawas could have took it off, mm. but um, I think it's intentional that Disney does not want him to have a, a Wookiee Wookie trophy. trophy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, but if I remember correctly, he didn't, like, gain it in, like, a horrible way. It was, like, at least I somewhat honorable. Remember. But, yeah, I don't remember. And then that's kind of it. That's kind of the story that we get for present-day Boba, because the mm-hmm. rest of this is... Yeah, two-thirds, right? A, yeah. Yeah, a good 40 minutes, almost. 35 minutes of uh, the flashback stuff with the Tusken Raiders. Yep. Now, this is more screen time that we've gotten with the Tuscan Raiders than everything we've seen up to this point times like 10. <laughs> yeah. Now, I have to say, I think that's, I mean, obviously it's intentional, but I think the reason for that, because personally, mm-hmm. I was hoping for more present day stuff, but yeah. I do understand the direction because there are there's a certain subset, and I guess what, I have a feeling Dave Filoni... And, you know, this crew is part mm. of that group. Mm. People have been waiting like 40 years for a concrete and decisive and in-depth backstory of Boba Fett. That's what this show is doing. Right. We'll get to present day. We're going to keep going back and forth. But this show is for those people, those fans that were thinking, man, I want to know this. And now they actually get to know it. And it's fleshed out. It's a real story. It has meaning. And it's not just, here's a bunch of cool stuff he did. So right. I understand it. I would. I wasn't really in that park myself. I was, you know, he's a cool character, but I wasn't, you know, a massive Boba fan. But there are a lot of people who are, so I do understand what they're doing. And I'm not, you know, it's not my personal preference, but I get it. And I'm, I'm still on board. It's a great story. Right. And I think one of the main points of this show is, like, can Boba be 
a main character of a story right. and not just like a set piece in a movie. So, and from the showrunner's perspective, it's like, can we make Boba someone that has a whole backstory without it being kind of forced or ridiculous mm-hmm. and making a theme of the show, how he like the adversity that he faced and how he kind of broadened his horizons and, and met new people, made new connections, had new reasons and new motivations to, to become a crime boss. I think is a huge part of that. Like, cause it's kind of jarring to see Boba go from having four lines and we're in three movies in the original trilogy to being like, I'm the crime boss now. And you're like, Whoa, what? Uh, And that was kind of one of the gripes that I had in, very minor obviously in the first episode so the fact that we're taking the time to develop that more as a central theme to the story i think you almost can't avoid it because like it has to be about finding your own identity and like making your own choices like your character is the choices that you make and having that be a central theme of this episode is crucial crucial so the fact that we get, you know, 35 minutes of backstory, very, again, as we talked about in the beginning, very patient backstory is, is a, I think, a very smart creative choice. I, I think the storytellers here know that they have to take these beats and they committed to the time that they had. And I, I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. it's, again, we're talking about this other piece, too. I'm going to go into my second rant. Which is well before you go into okay, your second okay. rant, I have something uh, to say about specifically. I don't think this. I agree with everything you just said, and mm-hmm. I don't think it could have. I don't know if the show would have worked if it wasn't it, the, this specific actor, because oh, this yeah. ties it in with the rest of. You know, he's a good actor, but he's not like the best actor in the world. But he's a good actor. It ties it in with the rest of the story so concretely and it's a face that you know from i mean the clone war tv show he's everywhere yeah his voice you have and i know there's other voices but still and from the 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 original um not the originals but the uh, the prequels and i really think that real drives home the character and makes that you know like you said there's a small gripe but you know what if there's something to help you bridge that gap and I think him being his name is I'm gonna butcher it, Tim Tim Timuria Morrison. You've I, been to New Zealand. You've been to like Maori. Uh, I know camps and yeah. Things. Well, that's the other thing. Do you know he's from? He, obviously, you know he's a New Zealand. Yeah, um, yeah. He was born in Rotorua, which is a city. No kidding. Yeah. Big Rotorua fans over here. Yeah, we've been there. Had a pleasant even like two days there. Um, yeah, but I, I agree. Favorite spots. The fact that he was able to, and his middle name is Derek. No, get out of here, Derek from Rotura. <laughs> That's an interesting one. They squeezed in there all those Maori names, and then Derek. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I never heard of anybody having Derek as a middle name. <laughs> but hey, I, I'm I'm now an even bigger fan. Now oh, you have that one extra piece of connection. Yeah. Um, yeah, fascinating, and I the. To me, it's almost like 
convenience and planning and and talent like all came together to make this guy like the lead in the show and, and making the show like as yeah. good as it is because i mean when he was cast he was granted he was the face of all the clones and he was right. Django fett but he was in a helmet 90 percent of the time he had like 10 lines you don't see someone like going from that to full feature length action star and he absolutely stepped up to the task and he's he's nailing it and there's something fascinating just about that from a meta perspective of seeing an actor who was deliberately cast as a background guy to the back the most background guy ever (laughs) in star wars yeah Yeah. to be like the background guy what he was got to be Django fett and that was really cool but and he got to be some clone troopers, but they were all CGI'd on, like in in episode two. But it's still his face, and his face is like ingrained yeah. in Star Wars fans' heads. Yes, so and, all, and I mean, really we watched the Bad Batch, and we're essentially watching his face and like variations yeah. of his face the whole time mm-hmm. in that too. So and his cadence and voice, yeah, and the whole and Maori I, influence yeah. on their appearance and like their culture with like the tattoo. Is he a little Maori? Is he Maori? Oh yeah. That's Hello, cool. that's the whole thing. Well, I mean, you, there's what, <laughs> six or seven other people in New Zealand. You never <laughs> that moment. Right, right. Uh, so um, that's cool, though. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah. It, it's was cool to see, and the fact that he was able to step up, and that Disney and Lucasfilms gave him so much spotlight, and the fact that it's working as well as it is, it, it's another piece of like magic that is. The making of this show i don't know it's just nice to see it's like you love to see characters like this that people love get more attention and more spotlight i think it's very well deserved like you said it's super iconic and the amount of screen time that boba fett is in is so minimal and i don't know it's same with Django. really i mean he's got what 10 minutes max <laughs> yeah yeah well i don't think we'll be seeing more Django anytime soon <laughs> no I'm, well hey he could he could put on the suit and do a flash a new flashback yeah could. it could be him like breaking away from uh dooku and the kaminoans you could call it uh Django unchained (laughs) 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 so yeah i don't know you'd probably get sued by quentin tarantino if you did that but um, trademark maori accent there we go there you go that's right so oh he broke both of his legs in a uh motorcycle accident Wow, in 2003, right after the movie. <laughs> ah, yikes. Wow. Yeah, I hate to see that. Well, motorcycles are very dangerous. Lucky that C was able to survive. Oh, just one leg in two places, actually. Oh, <laughs> that's different. Not as bad. Not as bad. Still sucks. I scrolled. And it, uh, I mean, imagine if you know, we, we could be, who knows where the cinematic universe would be if he wasn't with us today. Yeah, so it's uh, kind of fascinating to think about. Would they recast him or would they move on to other projects? I bet they'd recast. I don't know. Back in the day, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? I think they would have. But Now, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, there's this interesting scene, uh, like, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't really understand the point of this scene, other than to make the people on the train, like, unsympathetic, but where they're like, there's like this one random couple on this train, 
and all these alien dudes are like you eating mean in their... the bar. In the aren't they in like the train of the no, bar? No, this is just the bar. Oh, okay. Well, and they're not, I don't know okay, why I so, thought this was on the train. Yeah, but so the people in the the gang, the biker gang in the bar, we saw in the first episode mm-hmm. where they raided somebody's house and spray painted their sigil on. Oh, the right, door. right, yeah, yeah. So the yeah these groups, are, the train group, which I believe are the Pikes. Where, that we've seen yes, they the are the pikes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the pikes are not associated with this biker gang at all. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know why I thought they were on the train. Everything looks like the inside of a train in the in these buildings, but um, yeah. So there was like you know a good several minutes of them. Uh, we get to see this other gang. Maybe they come back, like you said. I, doubt. I think they were just a vehicle to get vehicles. And so. Bobo was like, "I'm gonna." Beat all of you up with my new it's skills. Steal your speeders. Yeah, yeah. and, and well, yeah, we speeders. see him training with the 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 head warrior. Um, and he, you know, he's a little confused, but he keeps coming back. Show me. I like that scene. We see the Pike train come by, just obliterate a bunch of Tuscans. Right. But honestly, I kind of feel like the Tuscans started it. They generally do. <laughs> Not with the train. Um. With the train, the, the trains were just shooting we... at them for no reason. Yeah, but it's probably because they started shooting at the train for no reason, like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whenever the train started coming. The I don't know. I, I find the, the Pike Syndicate to, to be also rather unsympathetic as well. Well, they are. They're for sure. They're criminals. But we've seen you know, other occurrences of Tuscans on... Tatooine, they generally shoot first. It's a little, you know, Greedo action. Well, yes, as we know from, uh, we know what Obi Wan Kenobi thinks about Tuscan Raiders, but that might be a little old fashioned. He was on Tatooine for a long time. Yeah, he was pretty old at that point. You know, old people. (laughs) They can be kind of bigoted. He doesn't like anybody. No, he doesn't. I mean, I doubt he. You grow old in the desert by yourself and not get crotchety. So, you know, uh, but yeah. And so after that, he cremates some of the bodies. He's really part of the Tuscan group now. Um, they cremated the they bodies before he went to the bar. But yes, before that. But that was still they were training. He was training more with them. He's not shackled. He's in. Right. Right. With he's them differently. He's uh, watching he's these ceremonies. What's, what's interesting is. Uh, Boba Fett is at the same time as a Star Wars fan is earning sympathy for the Tuscans because up until now, and this is another thing that I think Disney Star Wars was trying to do in other aspects and has been still trying to figure out is like, how do we kind of rewrite some of the history that we don't particularly like about Star Wars for a modern audience? Um, while keeping it lore friendly, which yeah, yeah, while idea. keeping it lore friendly, I know, like obviously having race Ray as your main character is an, is a great move, and you know, like the, yeah, have more fe- women in Star Wars because there, we didn't get a whole lot of that in uh, the original trilogy. Uh, Carrie Fisher was fantastic, but we wanted more. So having a, right, right, right. But then I think you make it a little too far, and you make her uber powerful and all this stuff, and you know, we can have that debate. Later, that's not to say here whether that was the case or not, but that's a common criticism. So it's like, okay, Tuscan Raiders, even to say Raiders, you know, sand people kind of problematic about these guys as well. It's like, ooh, yeah, these guys are kind of like 
this day and age where there's all kinds of you know, well they are raiders that's kind of what they do so sand people doesn't sound great but yeah but this raiders. these tuscans aren't you know yes raiders. they are originally they were that's they are they're, kidnapping they're people the... and using them as water fetching slaves right. <laughs> and but. who knows maybe they would sell them later or something but but the point i understand your point is that they're they're working with the lore and trying to you know make it just better really you know so like we'll get to this i guess we could touch upon this because i was going to talk about this later Mm. when we see him talking with the chief later on and he goes you know once the sands dried up like i don't know ten thousand years ago so they've been like that we went into hiding right we had to kill and raid to survive like we didn't really have a choice and now boba is like no there's a better way to do this um, you you have machines. You're warriors. You should be proud. You should not hide. And it's a you know. And he he even says the other tribe. There's a lot of Tuscan tribes. Right. Most kill. Now we've learned a new way to do things. And I think that's uh, you know. Hopefully we see this idea spread through the Tuscan camps. Right. Right. And as we talked about, like we're we're discovering things about this culture as Boba's discovering things about this culture, mm-hmm. and we're getting one over. At the same time, I, I, I think it was very clever from a storytelling perspective to do something like that because we don't know anything about Tuscans and what we've heard is, I hate them! You know, it's been very <laughs> negative. And there's, well, to be fair, they've only been portrayed negatively. Right, right. But there's time. also like unpleasant connections to like certain ethnicities yes. in the real world to Tuscan Raiders that we don't really want to get into too much. But it's like, eh, you know, like... Let's make Tuscans their own race. Give them a little bit of a redemption here. They're not perfect, but who is? And uh, let's like laugh with the Tuscans as they try and ride uh, bikes for the first time, you know. And then they're like, Boba's like, "These are my bikes." Meanwhile, they immediately go and start tearing, like scrapping them. And then he's like, "Stop!" And then that one guy still has comedic timing to just throw another piece yeah. after everyone has stopped yeah. the you know? chief is like oh thank you for the gift and then they just start wailing <laughs> that got me really good that yeah yeah it's fun. funny it's funny it's very um it's very much the spirit of tatooine <laughs> to like start scrapping people's gear and stuff so it was fun to see that and yeah who, who would have thought we'd see the day where where we're he, laughing with Tuscans, we're for lack of a better we'll word, humanizing them, what, even though Tuscan we're you know, without his thing on. That would be cool, yeah. Like, see what's under the are they humanoid? The, like, I don't know, yeah. See what's under all the, the wrappings, deep Tuscan lore, yeah. I don't know, it's hard to say. Maybe the same day we'll see uh, an unhooded Jawa. I'm afraid, I'm too afraid to see that. Some things are best kept, uh, mystery, <laughs> so, um. What happened? So, so they're get, just exchanging to... knowledge, right? Because it's like, you teach me how to fight with your weapons, and I'll teach you how to fly on bikes, and mm-hmm. we'll kind of... It's, it's like the Indians and the Pilgrims. Or Indians, Native Americans and Pilgrims. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had, you know... It took me... I had to learn after high school <laughs> not to say that, so... Tuscans. <laughs> yeah, they're Tuscans. And, but you, you get um, that same kind of story no, narrative. That same yeah. beat of like, hey, we can exchange information and, and enrich each Without other's cultures. Without it ending horribly, too. Right. Like, this... Hopefully... 
you know, I could see this ending poorly, but I could also see it ending well. Like, you know, hopefully they don't, you know, I don't, we don't see Bobo with his stick in the future. So I hope something doesn't happen, but right. You know, right. That's kind of a third, a third episode and a four episode thing. There's a narrative fall or some sort of falling out or I could see something like that happening. I hope it doesn't. Right. Because right. right now we ended on a very high note. We did. You know, we our did. train robbery is a success. Oh they, yeah. You know, the train robbery. Like, which was great scene. You know, they've thrown hooks onto onto the train. Yeah, we uh, get we like our, a yeah. almost 10 minute sequence that is <laughs> this train robbery. It was fantastic. It was like yeah. classic Spielbergian yeah. action here. And I did some research um you know, the director of photography, I think it is for this show also worked on back to the future and back to the future two and three and there's a train scene in that as well and he you know worked on both projects see that a little bit right right and then like there's a few other homages to classic like cinema in this scene as well of like other classic um train heists and train chases and things but that was the one connection i was able to make through the powers of imdb i was like oh, okay like i and i totally see that this back like back to the future also is kind of like that classic like action sequence fun move yeah. like storytelling and movie exactly it's like adventure sequence i guess you would yeah. say so yeah we get a few right but in this one you have our berserker uh, <laughs> raider go through the train and sh- just throw people out of cars yeah he exactly you get that really that interesting beat of like they had the plan right here's what we're gonna do and then the plan goes awry and you get to see all kinds of really fun stuff and yeah using a bike as a battering ram to break off a section yeah. of train very exciting and then you have the thing of the robot like powering all the fuel to the exhaust on the top of the train to try yeah, and to try and blow them out and yeah it's just really fun you could tell they were like let's do a train thing that would be fun right. it's like okay disney gave us 14 million dollars to make this episode what should we do right. it's like let's do an old good old-fashioned train, train sequence robbery. yeah highway train yeah. robbery it's a great i mean because like the comparison is so there you know you'd have yeah. these out in the middle of the desert in the you know um ghost town to ghost town you have trains going through and you have bandits jumping on board but this time the bandits are the good guys right and, and it's a desert the it, love it, it for filmmaking in it also too and yeah it is is very present and you're like this is just fun and like for a tv show the production is absolutely insane this could have been in the movies Oh, yeah. No. I wouldn't have batted an eye. I've been like, yeah, this is a cinematic quality, like, action sequence that we're watching. And and we get it streamed right to our homes on Disney+. It's a wonderful thing. And so the Tuscans are raiding the train. And we get to see the Pike (laughs) Syndicate. Yeah, literally. (laughs) We get to see the Pike Syndicate without their masks. This is, like, one of the first. This is the first live action appearance of um the pikes without their or i'm calling them the pikes i don't know if that's their species name but without might the be a um, family name i'm not yeah sure, without the um point. 
without their helmets on. And that's, I thought that's they were going to be more snake-like. They're more fishy. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're surprised. more like aquatic-looking. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I didn't know they were like fish people. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were like bug people. Shows what we know. Yeah, uh, but, so, uh, yeah we see Boba sitting on the crates looking all sharp. He's like, hey, we got you. You know, he's obviously the boss in charge now. Um, we learned that he hates spice, which is interesting. I am very surprised at that. Yeah. That kind of seems a little dumb. I also think he he probably knows how um, connected to really bad hombres <laughs> spice trading is. So I'm sure what he's... does he care? That, I mean, he's definitely trading spice in his little family. I, I don't know. We need, there's better, I hope we get a reason or a little development on this because it seems just like we have, like Disney made him say that. Right. And also there's like, bad. oh, from the slave mines, like, yeah. I don't know. This is. And it, he's going to be a mafia boss. He's already a criminal. Mm-hmm. You know, he bounty hunts, bounty hunts pretty honorably, but he's not, he's not a great guy. Yeah, um, so I mean, for I him think, to be a little, it's a little dumb. So hopefully we well, learn. I think also maybe a he had a job piece of it is and, like you, know. you don't want to necessarily steal from the Pikes. I don't know if he's ready for that. You know, I think Boba as a bounty he hunter stole all that stuff. He didn't, he's but fine with it. he's but he's um, he let them go, and I don't think he took the spice. He took everything. I think he did not. He take, raided the train. Yeah, no, they took all of the. Yeah, things. but he did not take the spice. And maybe he dumped it out. Took everything else. He let them go, and I think yeah, but I think he's stealing, clearly stealing from the Pikes, and he's saying, "I'm in charge here." Right. This is the first time in Boba Cannon that he is negotiating and doing anything that could resemble what a crime boss might do. He's negotiating like passage fees. He's like, "You're these sands. You you can't. Yeah, tolls. You can't just come through here." And then what's interesting is the Pike guy, the leader, said we thought, you know, this this theme again of like bringing more characterization and culture to Tuscans because he's like, we thought you were uncivilized raiders. You know, it's like that's what all of the Star Wars fandom thought or was told to think about Tuscans this whole time. So it's kind of a bit of more on the nose of like we thought you were just uncultured swine that yeah it was a little like, like a caricature of a terrorist <laughs> like and it's like no we are actually something totally different. And... He also has a really good line. I think he said I didn't write it down, but it's something like, um, "and we'll give you your lives as a uh, a proof of our civility" or something mm-hmm. like that. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's. Oh, here I did write it down. Your lives are a gesture of our civility. Oh yeah, yeah, I just got there. So yeah, so it's thirty six oh, yeah. minutes and forty one seconds in for anyone oh. that wants to go back. Your so, lives are yeah, a gesture he... of our civility. <laughs> True. So yeah, so he gives them their lives, and and I we confirmed that I found it odd that there was just like weird little like pods of water. So he called them milk. So I do think they're either a seed or an egg. I do not think there it's actual water in there. It is something water-like and very hydrating, mm-hmm. but I believe it's an egg or a seed. Right, right, right. They meant they gave it a name at some point. 
I didn't catch the name, but yes. Yeah, so oh, the black they, melon, you will survive on its right. milk, as these people do, yeah, is the line that Boba then, said. But yeah. how would it grow in the sand? So we'll, we'll see. And it has milk? So, yeah. yeah. I guess like oat milk is a... You know. Co- uh, coconut type of thing. Yeah, 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 coconut, yeah. So they each get one of those, and he says, march that way, you'll be there in a couple of hours, deal with it. Right. Like and we know, as Clone Wars fans and um, fans of the Bad Batch, how impressive it is that he's kind of gotten the Pikes to submit Agree to, anything. to these yeah. terms and walk away. The Pikes are not one to like let anything go. They're very bad yeah. dudes. And they're incredibly dangerous in like the Clone Wars, and we know they have a connection to Darth Maul. Maybe they're just a shadow of once they once of what they once were. Now they could be more powerful. They could know. be more powerful. I know that um, all you solo fans out there, what is her name? She was played. They weren't the Pikes, though, were they? No, they were the Crimson Dawn, which is part right. of the Pikes. The Pikes are like report to the crimson dawn i think like maul united them all at one point um but you know han solo's ex-girlfriend played by oh what's her face who played daenerys targaryen in game of thrones i believe she's like confirmed to come back into the star wars uh, amelia clark that's her name hmm. um i think she's like pretty much confirmed that she's going to be in, in, in Star Wars again. So maybe they're trying to introduce these crime syndicates as like yeah, a reminder of potentially bringing these I characters mean, like, back. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just... know. Amelia Clark's a good actor. It's, you you got to do something. We're out of characters now. All the main characters in Star Wars are like gone. So yeah, well, I mean, I would just come up with some new characters. <laughs> I mean, they're you know. doing that somewhat. Uh, baby I know, steps. I know. Baby steps. No, I'm just saying. Hey, if I'm sure if they write something down this plot line, it'll be great. But I, as of right now, it's I'm, I'm thinking I don't really care. But so, if it's good, it's good. Great, well, you know. We're we're passing fifty minutes. As, the, the last thing we really need to talk about. What? How they wasted all of that water? Like, <laughs> I know. That? Oh, my God. Just put I it in the buckets. Like, Just the fill up the buckets. <laughs> you, my it God. Reminds me that of, would, it's like months. I know. Year, months, After months coming months off of Dune, where it's like the tiniest drop of water is so sacred. Yeah. To watch them just spice. spill water everywhere. And the spice, yeah. It was yeah. very melange too, when they opened it. And it like, was. I mean, yeah. Lucas, let's be real here. He calls it spice. He, he, yeah, that was stolen. He, he just changed it from a drug. Heavily influenced like, by Dune. And, and I don't think, I think that's like public knowledge. Yeah, they but, even call it the Dune Sea. I mean, but yeah, I mean, he, I don't think this is news to anybody. <laughs> right. Right. So. But, like, come on. Like, if you're trying to, like, up your, you know, street cred, Tuscans, like, don't waste all that water. I know. That was that was hard to watch. You guys watch. are smarter than that. Yeah. I mean, they could have a little celebration, a little, you know. Hey, this um, isn't a fire hydrant on the street. Indulgence. In like, hey, Arnold. You know, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the what? most precious commodity. Um, uh, something I didn't think I was going to think about today, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> 
Right, I'm just saying, don't wait. Like, come on, you're smart. You learn how to ride bikes. You're, you're don't uh, waste water in yeah. the desert. Okay, yeah. it's bad. You're gonna have a bad time. Say so, you've been drinking like weird, sand milk for this whole time. Milk. Like, <laughs> just. <laughs> Oh, and well, anyway, besides that, the chief is impressed and he gives him another kind of like a head nod. He's looking good. Now we get to the scene we were talking about before where the Tuscan, you learn a little bit more about the Tuscan, um, like how they ended up in the situation they are, how they think of all right, since the ocean. Oh, yeah, there we go. Here we go. Right, since exactly, the ocean's right dried, we have stayed hidden. Let's analyze this here. But I think that's like 10,000 years. This must be a very Other old tribes race. have survived by killing. So this implies that the tribes that we saw in A New Hope aren't the tribes that we're seeing here, um, which we kind of already suspected. Well, I think he was implying that now we don't have to. But he, I, I think, I don't think they were surviving any different than other Tuscans. This right. one tribe. Yeah. But I think he's like, look, at we've developed, we've learned something new. You've really helped us. Other tribes still resort to their old ways and they are forced into thing, uh, into survival instinct based on off-worlders and having no resources. And it's desperate for a Tuscan. Right, right. And it's so interesting to just see a guy parlaying with, a Tuscan raider, and they're having a conversation. Yeah. It's well, like, the chief is definitely a little smarter than the rest of them. Yeah, but it, in the past, if you ever saw it, if a Tuscan raider entered a scene, it was always fast and chaotic and, and over loud. quickly. Yeah, and like, pew pew, and, and like people were killed. So it's like now to see them very quiet and calm, sitting around a fire, like having a chat, fascinating. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's it's one of the like, I think it's probably the best way you could handle the Tuscans. Like, they're not just psychos in the desert killing people. They're, there's a reason why they hate off-worlders. There's a reason why they're kind of stuck in their ways. There's a reason why any time you meet them, it's aggressive and conflicting. And now it's we kind of see what they do when they're not the main antagonists. They're just people. They're a culture in the desert. And... They're not always doing crazy stuff. Sometimes they are, but not all the time. Right, right. And as and they're we, open to learning and change too. Oh yeah, that is that's like a huge theme of this. Be, and well, it reflects so is, Boba. Yeah, so is Boba, right? And change yeah. is what Boba has to do to become the main character, to become the central character, right. this leader. But in the meta aspect a main character of a story right he has to do both of these things at the same time and learning another culture and seeing how people survive and also like how they like live independently of like bounty hunting is fascinating and you get to see was like oh we have a gift for you he's like a gift for me he's like oh a lizard um Thank you Thanks. for the lizard, guys. Uh, Sweet lizard, bro. <laughs> he's like, thank nice. you. Thank you. Holy now, thank you so much. This I'll scene keep really it got forever. <laughs> because I thought, my initial thought was, oh my God, that's the lizard he was on in Har- uh, Star, Wars, ha- Star Wars Holiday Special slash the lizard he's on on the 
box, the blue, the most that tiny the Blu-ray box set. What? What you, tiny? This tiny lizard? I know, but I thought it would grow into like you know. You remember in Attack of the Clones? Um, oh, actually, no, it's Revenge of the Sith. Where Obi-Wan how would is the riding... timing work on that? This takes place after all that stuff. Okay, but listen. The, you remember that giant lizard Obi-Wan was riding on? in the Yes, universe, yes. Right? Oi, yes. Oi, right. I oi. thought it was going to be a similar type of lizard that it grows up and it's his like... Oh, you're like, let it will guide you and you, you'll just love it and raise it. It's like a yeah. Pandora dragon thing in Avatar. Yes, uh, right. I thought it was going to be something like that. I'm like, oh, that's the or that's how they're actually working this. Like, because the first time you ever see Boba, he's on that lizard, I think. And then he's on... On the box, the Blu-ray box that he's on it, and it's so such a cool painted scene. It's beautiful, and that's none of that's canon. So I was like, oh, maybe this is how they're bringing it into canon. It's going to grow up, and it's going to be his mountain Tatooine. But no, it just jumps right into his nose. So <laughs> that I was very surprised. I was like, oh, I'm calling this. I know. It's I happening. didn't think it was going to be all that like Navi pen. What are those things called? And the Navi. Well, those are what the people are called, but the species, the I would know this because I was in Disney World last year or two years ago, and they had the Avatar. ride. You ride the thing, uh, whatever. Oh, I know you're cool. the bird. Yeah, it's like whatever Avatar. No, it's it's kind of like uh, it's very peyote ish or um, the lizard, the effect and the dreams. Oh, oh yeah, like he's tripping right now. And yeah, but there's, there's, but this is the, definitely like we've. It's very Star Wars to have these kind of vision things. Like we've had Force visions up until this point. Yeah. Um, in every trilogy Ayahuasca. of movies, Ayahuasca. Right. I think right. that's what it is. Um. So. Now, because Boba Fett's not a Force user, we're having this, this um, hallucination, a very, very tribal, right, like, right. You know, like like I said, ayahuasca, like deep in the Amazon, right. tribes do this too, and it's very, very similar to that, which is right. uh, interesting. Right, I think it's ayahuasca, I and we we need to break this down because there's a lot of real heavy um, oh, symbolism and yeah. metaphors here. Uh, so we get Boba Fett wandering through the desert, struggling. He's like fading in and out of being in his uniform, which you could say is a metaphor for his um, struggling personality, I guess you could say, of like not being sure if he's well, more than the man is. in the armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He approaches that also, the tree. Yeah, that works meta because like he's a man, but he's also really just the armor. Mm-hmm. But it also works in because right after that, we do get him um as a kid and then we see him older and then we see his dad we're we're rushing because he gets to the tree okay he gets to the tree and there's all these red eyes on him now is this like jawas is this more tuscans is this another spiritual creature not sure but he's been led to the tree and all of a sudden all these like branches start to like envelop him and it's causing him to like think about uh his time in the sarlacc pit right it's cutting to scenes from that moment to scenes of him like covered in the branches and the idea of making boba fett struggle in the sarlacc pit like a metaphor for him like breaking free of his typecasting i guess as a bounty hunter dude is kind of interesting like you mentioned we're seeing 
clips of Django's helmet. We're seeing clips of Camino. This, and you see the uh, Slave One, which is that officially retconned yet? It is, right? <laughs> I don't th- no, I there was a minor freak out about it. I don't think. I think it was it's. Red I think it's just Boba's ship now. No, because Boba. It also had somebody. They were referring to it by the class of ship or the maker, and I think mm. the name of the ship is the Slave One and or the Slave Two, and they were also in print. They were referring to it as like the millenn- Instead of saying Millennium Falcon, they would call it a Corellian freighter. I think that's all that happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I don't stay really too up to date on things like that. I don't really care. Right, right, right. Just like they're trying to get rid of jizz. I don't think so. <laughs> it's a music genre <laughs> that... context, that's a type of music. Yeah, yeah. I will join the, the online mobs to prevent that from being cancelled. You know, you no, can't we'll, erase we'll, that. We could start the petition. Yeah, exactly. We'll be at the forefront of that. Um. <laughs> um, but who knows? Either It's either the Slave 1 or Slave 2, or they refer to it by the the class of ship or the type of ship. But either way, we see the ship fly away. Right. And you have this scene of um, of Boba snapping the branch which I guess you like the way breaking I the read it is sure. yeah breaking the ties almost like if when you consider this rebirth kind of thing it's like the unbiblical chord I guess you could say is if you're gonna get real Freudian with it I guess or like real like you know real uh, overly metaphorical capital about L it. literature yeah, yeah real capital L literature about English it English class yeah. yeah like too much English class uh, back in our high school exactly right <laughs> so you could you could say that and um, when he comes back he comes back a uh, the, the changed man right and another it's interesting parallel to Jedi we got like force visions but we also get to see the careful crafting of the weapon as well which is another rite of passage we know jedi make their own lightsabers they have to go fetch their own kyber crystal and make their own blade you see very interestingly that connection here and it makes you wonder like all these things like is this tree like somehow tie them to the force in a way that we see a lot of other characters and tribes being tied in i think the, I don't think so. I, also, where'd they find a tree? You can't find it. You have to have, have the to lizard, lizard guide trip. you there. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think anyone knows where it is. Because I um, feel like there hasn't been a live tree on Tatooine in like 10,000 years or something. <laughs> Apparently so, there's so. one, and it's sacred. And I think it's connected to the Force, and it's a... It's, um, not I that like I think, the idea, but I didn't see anything very forcey about it. The fact that it exists, the Force ultimately, and we got to see this explored in Visions, is like a connection between all living things, and it's almost um, the Village Bride. I was the Village the Bride. It's almost yeah. metaphorical for nature in itself, yeah. right? And, and we see, if you're right, we see another culture experiencing the Force and communicating with it in a totally different way than we've ever seen before i yeah i think so and i think Mm, it was there was a psychedelic lizard so 
to get there to get there and how does that lizard know to go there what are those other creatures with the red eyes watching him why is it so connected to visions of your like spiritually that you spiritually connect with or lowercase v lowercase v like that he's literally (laughs) boba fett's literally having visions um and you could connect that to a drug trip or where people have visions on those too but um there's this supernatural element to it and that's it's not necessarily super it's supernatural and nature to combine which Um, to me is very much reminiscent of the force and i think story the storytellers intentionally mirror some jedi practices here as a deliberate nod that there's something that's connecting different tribes and i'm saying connecting there's not like a plot revelation that's going to come through i think it's the fact that we're all connected through the force the force is the connection between all living things that we have these similar practices Mm -hmm. that it all comes back to like this spirituality and stuff that is sacred and natural um i i think i think it's a a 10 out of 10 idea charles i'm just (laughs) i don't think there's enough proof there yet but I love it. I really do. I, but, and we, you know, I we think also that's see... the reason why – I think that was the inspiration for developing out this culture and this ritual. Um, well, do you think there's an actual force connection there though? That's my question. I think – As of right now, I say no. But I, inspired by all of those things, 100%. I think this ritual that's come over thousands of years from this race of people – is somewhat connected through some sort of power of the force is what's drawing them back to the tree and like helping them persevere and, and I love it. connecting them with some kind of, if I'm going to say magic or supernatural connection and the reason so they're able to survive power. in the, yeah, 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 and the reason sure. they're able to survive in the desert as and maintain their culture as a people is the fact that they go back to this tree that's metaphorical for water and and nature and the fact that it's sacred it, it screams force and change to me yeah you know and change no, I think it would it would be I haven't seen that in Star Wars beside canon Star Wars yet really but I would love it makes the way I mean that was in my headspace watching this vision with the tree I'm like oh they're bringing in that kind of the force is yeah. nature and well, that's what it's element. supposed to be. I mean, and, and then, Empire, right, know? right, right, and what Yoda, how Yoda's speaking about the Force for the first time, like this whole, the, it, this would pair up so nicely. Yeah, and even so think about the sequel trilogy yeah. where you know Luke is instructing Ray, like, "What do you feel?" And she's like, "Oh, I feel the rocks. I feel the waves. Yeah. I feel this." Well, and yeah, the his little temple was a burnt up tree, you know, before yeah. he literally burned so. Down. The, uh, the fact that those trees may be connected like Jedi temples are connected. You know, there's there there's some kind of yeah, hot spot for of for cool. force activity, you know, to the point where it's almost supernatural um, and well, sacred. It's, it's like, it's supernatural. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so and then I, that was already in my headspace. And then he makes his own weapon, which immediately made me think of how Jedis make their own lightsabers. And I'm like, there's a parallel here. And I'm not saying that. It's going to be this big plot reveal or anything, but I just think when you're building a culture in the world of Star Wars, this idea of loosely connecting it to the Force, like in Visions, there's a whole culture of people that couldn't use the Force, but were still connected to it and appreciated it and and experienced it, right. Um, I I was seeing something similar here, that's all, Mm -hmm. so... 
I would like to see it developed a tiny bit more. I would love to see some forcey type stuff mm-hmm. a little more overtly, but not slapping you in the face because I like that you know mm-hmm. it very similar to the visions. They're not force they're they're force sensitive in right. the literal not the but Star they're not Wars force term. users right yeah not the Star Wars term, term force sensitive. They right. are literally force. They're sensitive to the force. But in like an experiential way, and if the Tuscans were something like that, that would be very interesting. And I'd, I'd love to see a little bit more, not a ton to be like expositioning out the butt, but a little. Would yeah, be cool. and it's like you don't need like a whole culture dump on the Tuscans, right? Uh, you only need what's kind of relevant to the story, and shrouding yeah. it in some mystery is is fun and keeps us guessing. Mm-hmm. But to me. I made that connection right away. I, I just yeah, feel like there, I think it's great. I feel like there is some sort of force connection that the I think the Tuscans in their own way are are um connected to the force. And I think the tree is kind of like an, an antenna for that connection. <laughs> it, yeah, no. That sounds very plausible to me. Yeah, and we yeah, like you said, I totally forgot that the the tree was a big force thing in the sequel trilogy and it looked exactly the same like this dead old tree like in the middle in a place where trees aren't growing (laughs) it was like in the middle of a cave or something in the uh, in an like a rocky cave uh, in the sequel trilogy and it's in the middle of the desert here so very fascinating um boba gets we get to see boba lore there I feel mm. like there is. I'm forgetting something. Like uh, I mean, we have to go back and watch um, Rise of Skywalker. No, I meant more <laughs> than that. Like something, carving something out of a tree. It's not a holocron thing. I, I think there's something else there. But it, it is. it was a great... I, I love the idea, Charles. I hope we uh, see a little bit I more. thought it was intentional. I, I still think it was an intentional culture well, building I think thing. Well, I think the, the similarities is 100% intentional. You can see where they're pulling all of these ideas and themes from. So I'm 100% on board with that being intentional. But if it's really, is there a difference between a psychedelic trip, a force vision, or are they sometimes one and the same? Like, Right. Like a non-force user, how can a non-force user have a vision, right? They're not just going to be walking in the woods and all of a sudden, like, see Darth Vader and fight him and then his own face is under the helmet, right? Which yeah. confused me as a kid, by the way. I never understood that scene as a child. But it, it, it's a vision. And um, yeah. I, I think the storytellers were like, you know, how we can't give him a force vision, but we still want to do something like that. And right. I, I Well, that's what I'm saying, because this lizard secretion is part of nature so yep. it's the force it's Maybe all it's natural all... none of that synthetic <laughs> crap dude <laughs> it's like that spice. Yeah. this is clean although i don't know what that stuff was that the tuscan chief flicked on his face that caused the i think it um, was something that the lizard likes you don't think it was spice he inhaled it yeah it was spice <laughs> <laughs> right they got a lizard addicted to spice um but my point was that i agree with all of the setup is intentional but the thing is i think they left it mysterious on purpose oh yeah because it, and they may not have all the answers either i just think the deliberate connection to nature but was, that's good that's kind of yeah. what i love about stuff like this is that yeah. not everything needs an answer let it no. be a little mysterious a little right. suspicious mm-hmm. like and that's kind of what the force was at one point you know it was like what are the rules you know exactly what are is the this rules the force? Is this not 
So right. I, I think that's a great point, and um, I'd, I'd like to see a touch more, not a ton, but that's just... Well, who knows? We still have more episodes to go. Maybe oh, yeah. we'll learn of a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you Tuscan know, maybe in... Force. Yeah, maybe... This hey, I mean, the, Anakin was immaculately, immaculately concepted on Tatooine. Yeah. You know, there's obviously, you know, theory... I don't know if any of those are canon, like the Plagueis and Sidious meddling with midichlorian theory type thing but there's obviously a lot revolves around uh, it's a we know it's a really old planet a lot revolves around Tatooine mm-hmm. just in Star Wars maybe it is a, a nexus of the force that nobody has really paid attention to yet you know Obi-Wan was there we have Qui-Gon um, he died and figured out ghost powers there. You know, yeah. there could be definitely something to that that I would love explored. Perhaps I just always liked the idea that the Force was greater than um, how the Jedi used it and perceived it. That concept because um, it, it it puts the prequels into an interesting light of questioning the Jedi Order and stuff like that. Stuff we've talked about to death in the past. So right. the fact that You're they're kind about- of stories the jedi wouldn't tell you <laughs> exactly there's stories the jedi wouldn't tell you about the force like the tree and tatooine so um... <laughs> the tragedy of the tree and tatooine <laughs> yeah exactly um so no but i love that charles that's exactly how i, I feel think that's where it. they're going with it and i think it's a smart move and the force is greater than the jedi and Hey, we could see Obi Wan developing a new, different view of the Force. Exactly. I mean, he has to discover like Force, you know, ghosts and things like that. Yeah. And um, well, that's why I always love the idea of Ray being like a gray Jedi. They kind of—I mm-hmm. don't think they're because you know both side, dark and light side view of the Force is kind of flawed. And yeah. You end up getting yourself into corners and causing problems for you and the galaxy. A more yin yang version is probably. Right. And when you and, see you it know, presented in nature, it the sides aren't good and evil. There's just right. energy and and the will of the force. Where that even like Jedi and then Tuscans can also tap into. You know, that's yeah. kind of the power of it, and. Uh, I think that's the kind of vibe that Lucasfilms is trying to bring into Star Wars, and I think they're doing it well. So I'm looking forward to seeing more. The only last bits of this that I wanted to make sure we came up with before this is an hour and a half long episode is um, he comes back from the Force Vision. He puts on the Ben Swolo outfit, which iconic (laughs) look. Um, He's rocking it. Uh, bold to go after the iconic look of Ben Swolo. Anyone Google that if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, it is strikingly similar. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, going right for the champion, but I think you know, Boba holds his own. And then, of course, the Tuscans are wrapping all of these injury. It, like, there's a close up of you see Boba and his mangled up, gnarly skin, and yeah. the Tuscan wrapping it in the cloth carving him out yeah in this new tuscan garb right right and you can you get the sense that it's like not quite healing the wounds but a little bit of like metaphorical yeah yeah the metaphor there is that um we're accepting you and also that he's becoming something that's not the product of his traumatic injuries it's like he's healed that and he's moving on he's covered it up he's he's bandaged it he's healing well for at least one episode because 
we don't see him hanging out with the Tuscans in the mm, present day. Right. Well, so he's, I think he's got the healing tank happen. now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, and then we see him finishing up his uh, stick weapon, which I'm sure has a name, but they haven't said it. And <laughs> right. um, it's, you know, putting it in the fire, forging it, looks great. And uh, he's basically now initiated into the Tuscans, and we see the really cool dance at the end, too. And I think there there hasn't been anything spoken for minutes at a time yeah, towards the end of the been, episode. It's just, you just. I think from it. the Force so vision to the end of the episode, there was no dialogue. So. Uh, very possible. Yeah. Uh, which um, is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And yes. Oh, and the weapon is called the. Uh, Gator fee, G A D E R F F I I, or a gaffy stick, G A F F I stick. Okay, gaffy stick. It's a pole weapon with a spike or blade on one end and a bludgeoning instrument on the other. So, there you go. Um, yeah, he makes the gaffy stick and. Uh, this is a very you know unlike the unlike the like hallucinogenic force vision thing that he had this is a very sober moment and like deliberate moment which is kind of interesting um and then they do the ceremonial dance and that's that he is accepted in the tribe as an equal which um i have to imagine has never happened before i'm getting like dances with wolves vibes from (laughs) from these scenes where it's like um someone has assimilated enough that they are, well, I don't know if assimilation is the right word, but someone has befriended this group so much that he's been invited into the culture as an equal participant. And uh, he started out as a captive. So it's come a long way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just relations of Tuscans to any other people, I think this is a kind of a breakthrough. We haven't seen them get along with anyone else before. So who knows what kind of possibilities this will open up for Boba and for the Tuscans in the future. Death. Sadly, death. <laughs> That's where this is going. But bringing this, tying this back to the beginning of the episode, talking about quiet, the somber and quiet feel of the, you know, from after when he's dragging the stick back and mm. from that until the end, there's no exposition. It's quiet. You're mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. watching it and you're really, you're hooked on the screen. Yes. Even though there's nothing being said and there's no like, you know, and now they accepted me as one of their own. You know, it's just you, it, they let the watcher like experience it, and that's it, and that's all you really need. And I'm so glad they didn't, you know, have him cut back to Fennec and it's like, oh, this is what happened. Yeah, <laughs> right, so, right. Let, so, right or they didn't let the chief the be like sign language, like now, or you are one of us. Right. We yes, shall teach you how to be. Moment, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, which you get it, a it just, lot. And screenplays for TV shows and stuff. You, yeah, you no, get they're, they're killing it. They really are. I can hear the humming of the of the um, credits. Dum 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 dum. This is a hum dum hum. I don't know. Hum 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 hum. <laughs> I was doing the Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> I don't not, know why. It was not the it Misty Mouse song. Popped into my head the second you said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that popped into my head. Just a bunch I still of... can't really remember the Boba one, to be honest. The Boba one? It's like dun 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 dun. 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I need a little more time with it, I guess, because I still get Mando too. It doesn't have like as clear of a of a motif it's not as, as catchy. Mandalorian yeah. does. Mandalorian's way more bombastic. Yeah. Whereas this is very um um understated in terms of its melody. Uh, so yeah, guys, that takes us to the end. Like you had been saying, Derek, I'm looking forward to more present day stuff and seeing where that. But I am really goes. enjoying it. The the old stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, this was a real fascinating watch. Um, you know, I on my other podcast we talk to authors a lot, and they talk about um, using like flashbacks and stuff using time as a narrative device and this idea that you have to go linearly through time is, and is like not it's just a made-up thing you don't have to do that you can bounce back yeah. and forward in time as a way of telling a story and this is a perfect example of how to do that successfully like and the- each time we have a flashback we kind of see a little bit of the change in boba in the present you know right. it always relates to right the next not next scene but the next phase and that's also i'm you know that's right because again we go back to the the mayor's words the theme of this episode it's there's more to running a family than there is in being a bounty hunter and boba said to do a lot of learning and understanding and communicating and and um uh, compassion and empathy to to be in this leadership position where he's bossing around the pikes of all people. So, um, I mean, and, literally and cooperating, what, winning the cooperation of the Tuscans, the most uncooperative bunch you could have picked in star Wars lore. They, they don't even communicate. They just uh, start screaming and shoot you. Uh, it's, it's like, that's <laughs> what this culture was doing up until Boba came out. And, and we got a little bit of it in Mandalorian. We got to see a little behind the veil of not too much, but though. not that much. Yeah. So, but I, what I like is literally what is Boba learning to do? He was thrown into um, a family dynamic and he was the outsider. Mm-hmm. He's learned to integrate. He's learned to excel and he's learned to, you know, not take over. But, you know, sitting on those crates in front of the pike, it really looked like mm-hmm. he was the guy in charge. Yeah. And what's he doing in the present? He was thrown into a leadership role. He has to learn to work with everybody involved, um, mm-hmm. all of the different, the mayor, the, the uh, sanctuary, the assassins. Yeah. Learn to excel, adapt. And, and we even see the adaption and breaking bonds in the vision. And I think, yeah. you know, it's... And who is, like, you have to think of who is the antagonist for a character like that. The antagonist is, like, the mayor and the huts. These are people that have power but don't have that empathy and respect and communication, right? Like, it's kind of... Which is what he was dealing with Tuscans. He was dealing with lack of communication, blatant aggression. Right, and And it's his understanding of that that's going to help him, you know, take on his enemies right Need because respect yeah who's right. exactly exactly so um it, the stage is set the characters have been you know well explored at this point and we've seen boba go through his eureka moment and where that takes him in the next episode I, i've already asked this on the show but i've forgotten how many episodes is this i we keep saying four but four yeah, okay. but I could be. I don't know where I'm getting that number. 
I feel Interesting. like. Yeah. Because if that's the case, we're going to have a cliffhanger on episode three and something horrible is going to happen. Like, and it'll be, mm. it'd be cool if it was more than four. I'm trying to see if anything comes up on a Google search. <laughs> but either way, if it's four, something horrible is going to happen in the next episode. And it'll end on a cliffhanger, and it will be resolved in the next. Well, we'll consist of seven episodes. Jackpot! <laughs> Woo! Okay, we sorry we gonna... for being 100% wrong about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can trust radiotimes.com slash TV slash sci-fi slash Book of Boba Fett episodes, how many? Uh <laughs> Well, that's better than Charles asking Derek and him vaguely. <laughs> Derek's just making up numbers for no out of based off nothing, but being right. very confident in his delivery. <laughs> <laughs> so dot com. So either one, you know. I know. It's funny. I'm happy with the seven. If we, uh, if that's true. Yes. Uh, the... Maybe it's a secret. Maybe they didn't tell anybody, and they'll just keep releasing them. Maybe it's a hundred. Oh, the final two episodes being dropped at once? Interesting. Oh, that sucks. So it is for? Who knows? Well, I mean, it's still going to be six weeks, but seven episodes. Hmm. According to the official Star Wars website. Interesting. Oh, well, that one I kind of believe. The first... That's not, you know... Celebrate... Make this up for views... How many episodes.com? Yeah, right. Exactly. So I'm trying to see if it actually does say that because you never know. It doesn't say anything about it. Hey, maybe they keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> All right, guys, that's enough of us for now. Um, great episode. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, and the Boba one was good, too. hey yo! <laughs> if you want more, check Daddy. us out on all of the social things. Like social, and subscribe. Social. and At Roger, and, uh, At Roger, Roger. Listen At to Roger, the theme Roger. song. Buy it on iTunes. <laughs> uh, all of that. <laughs> Hit that notification bell. Smash that like button. Um. Uh, all right, we'll see you next time. Uh, yeah, goodbye. Bye. Roger, Roger.
Roger.